You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. All right, Ryan, I hope you're having a good day. I know we've both been just run through the ringer today with meeting after meeting, presentation after presentation, webinars and all that stuff. So we're going to try to make this exciting today so that <laughs> we can get some energy out of it maybe. Um, but what's going to be exciting for the listeners is, A, I know nothing about what we're talking about today. So that's going to be fun. And B, uh, I haven't read any of your show notes really on this. So good news is you get to educate me on something I know nothing about. Even better news is everybody listening gets to have some fun at my expense today. So what I do know is we're talking about marketplaces and what to expect in 2022. And I also know that there's been some crazy numbers thrown around when it comes to marketplaces, right? So the revenue that they contribute to brands just seems to be huge. I mean, Big Commerce, I think it was, released some numbers that said a, a brand that added one marketplace grew 34% and two grows over 100% just by adding marketplaces. And some can get over 400%. So when you start talking about numbers like that, I get a little skeptical and I want to learn more, of course. Um, but I'm guessing that that can't be happening across the board. But, you know, at the same time, brands can't ignore these marketplaces like Amazon, Walmart, Target, et cetera, if they really want to grow. Can they? I, I mean, I think that's the question I'd love to have an answer to. Yeah, it's the numbers that you can see on the Internet. If you just Google some marketplace numbers from 21 are pretty crazy. It's almost like it puts it out of like context of just how big things are. Hmm. And so. If you're going to grow your brand and that's your goal, if you're going to avoid marketplaces, I think you do that at your own peril. You've got to figure out how your brand is going to play into these marketplaces and what you're going to give and what you're going to take from that platform. I just got off and I, you know, kind of the gauntlet of webinars and presentations. I just got off our client webinar for the quarter at LP and and we have Q&A live going on as we're presenting and I'm moderating. So I'm answering a lot of these and there's a lot of comments flying around and we get to Amazon and it was like unleashing venom <laughs> mm. towards Amazon. Like Amazon is garbage. It's the devil. It's terrible. Don't ever do it. Uh, I mean, it was surprising actually, because we do have a lot of clients that are successful on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> in fact, we talked about one, Micah, who leads our Amazon department, brilliant uh, human and all things digital marketing, but marketplaces, he's on another level. We have a luxury floss client, and, and that actually is a category. Like there's, They sell it like two to three times what normal floss is. And when when we brought that brand on, Michael was in their Amazon account, and he's like, yeah, they did about 50000 a month in, in luxury dental floss, which that was way beyond what I would have expected. I'm like, okay, mm. you're selling like a $7 floss. That, right. Really? 50000 a month at 7 bucks a pop? So Micah didn't think, and we strategized, like, I don't know how much they can grow, but their ads are doing really bad, so we can probably help them there. They're doing 250000 a month on Amazon. Wow. Like, I don't care who you are as a brand. That's just, that it's a, that's a number. That, that's decent. And this is like going onto Amazon that a lot of people see as a race to the bottom or best price type thing. But as a brand, and you're in the, the luxury category. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's, you're still seven bucks in your dental floss. But at the same point, that's a lot of units. I mean, yeah. just the volume there is astronomical. Yeah, and you know Amazon is is, is you know ha- promoting other products that are way cheaper on your mm-hmm. page, your product. Oh page. yeah, yeah. And so, it, 
after, I mean, I knew that there, uh, there's always a lot of tension when you bring up Amazon in any brand, any marketing conversation. And it's rightly deserved most of the time. Like Amazon's mm-hmm. done some pretty crappy things over the years. And to brands and to retailers. But I think as a brand, if you're going into a relationship or you're looking at Amazon as this is a bad, bad company, they only want to steal my data and customers and they're going to try to steal my product and recreate it and take me out of the place. Like, of course, you're going to have a bad experience on Amazon. Like, there's no relationship you can go into. Me, like, you're going to go date a woman that you know, hey, she's going to cheat on me and steal all my stuff and, you know, steal my dog and pour out my beer. Like, of course, that's going to be a terrible relationship. Don't do uh, it. <laughs> but if your perception of Amazon in a marketplace changes a little bit and you look at them as a retailer where you're competing for shelf space and potentially get better margin than a retailer, maybe you start to have some potential there. Mm-hmm. Like, Take it this way. This, this is a good example. If Walmart came to you as a brand and said, you know what? We want to put you on our shelves. And instead of going through our normal retail agreement, where we are going to uh, pay you lower than what you normally get paid for wholesale, because we're Walmart, so we're going to tell us you're going to pay, we're going to pay less. And you have to spend advertising dollars around Walmart to drive foot traffic to buy your product at our store. And if you don't sell the product we get, you have to buy it back and pay for shipping back to to your store. Those right. normal agreements are not friendly to brands, but it, they're going to say, don't worry about that part. We're going to give you space on our shelf and you're only going to pay us a 12 to 15% commission if it sells. Uh, I, I mean, most brands would have to look at that. Yeah. Now, the marketplace on Walmart's a little different, but I would argue that eyeballs on marketplaces are, are exactly those eyeballs from Walmart. They're driving traffic to walmart.com for marketplace eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And I think there's potentially way more exposure on a .com, like a walmart.com or target.com than there are potentially in the store, especially if you can get into their app. Like uh, we have a Walmart down the street from us in Sherwood and we do grocery pickup sometimes and, and I'll go into the store occasionally. But more often than not, I am not in the store looking for products at Walmart, mm-hmm. even on Target. I can't imagine. I have. I get called at least two or three times a week. Hey, I've got a Target pickup. Can you pick it up on your way home? Like we don't even go in the store because there's no cost. I just drive in, tell them I'm coming. Yep. They're basically ready to come out as soon as I pull up into the parking lot, mm-hmm. pop the trunk, show my code, I leave. So I think is for most retailers, like 2022 needs to be a year of perception change mm-hmm. that you start looking at Amazon. It doesn't have to be your. It doesn't have to be your friend, but if Amazon's a retailer. There's a much different way you would look at that proposal. Do I go on to Amazon? So start number one, don't automatically think the worst of of Amazon in our marketplace. Think of it potentially as like through different lenses and what could it be to your brand? Um, Mm -hmm. If you're a retailer, yes, you are going to be competing a lot more with Amazon and Walmart because they are retailers, Walmart especially. But Amazon, my argument is they're a retailer. None of your retailers, if you're a brand, give you customer data. So why would you expect walmart.com or amazon to give you all the customer data that that does it that's a them customer not a you customer so it's a retailer arrangement and so i think that's going to solve a lot of problems in 2022 if we can get some brands to start thinking that way and then as a Mm -hmm. retailer of course you're not going to go on amazon or walmart necessarily because they do want those customers they are going to try to go to your supplier and get them a better price because they see the volume of course but as a brand you control who buys your product and where they sell it if you don't want to sell to Amazon, don't sell to Amazon. But you can sell on Amazon mm-hmm. and them as a retailer. So let, let me ask this then. What if we're talking about a total marketplace volume 
what what's the potential here? Because I heard you say, hey, you should be thinking about this as shelf space, that there's a lot of potential. I, I don't disagree that like if you're a brand who's just starting out, getting into Target or getting into Walmart can be a huge boon for getting A, in front of people, and B, you know, it could either make or break you really because you either can't keep up with the demand and in, mm-hmm. in the you know supply, or it really can make you because you're just going to sell so much and build your brand up on their platform. So what's that volume? Because I think that it's interesting to kind of have an understanding of that space for me anyways. Yeah. So it, the punchline is it's massive it, and it puts it so far out of context for average mm. humans, but <laughs> Amazon in 21 did over 600 billion in sales. It outpaced all Walmart revenue for the first worldwide time worldwide or us globally okay all platforms can say it's 600 billion to amazon walmart did as a store they sell a lot in stores 581 billion so the first time mm. amazon as a whole was larger than walmart with very little retail yeah that's, little that's, that's i mean crazy. they're randomly putting little bookstores up and i never see people in them but there's got to be I, I, I went to their go store that they have on campus in seattle at their headquarters um i happened to be in seattle and was walking by their headquarters and i noticed they had this retail store and you literally just grab stuff off the shelf and walk out it's an amazing thing and then it charges your amazon account your default card on your amazon and i was like how do they know they're doing this and the guy that was sitting there they had one guy for the whole store and he's like yeah it's all cameras and we know what you pull off the shelf and we just have you scan your barcode when you walk in so we know it's you and mm-hmm. we track you around the store. I was like, okay, cool. I mean, I don't want to deal with the checkout. Like, yeah, it's so it's- much easier. I don't even have to scan those little things by myself where mm-hmm. I let my daughter help me last week. It, uh, it was some checkout at a grocery store and she double scanned one thing. I was like, God, I actually looked at it. It was like $2.50. I'm like, is it worth it? And I'm like, yeah. I'll just be mad at myself if I don't get it taken off. <laughs> so I had to wave that. I'm like, if I could just go in and out, not even have to talk to anybody and like, done. Hey, well, and now so, that I know you're doing Target pickups, I mean, I don't even have a reason to go into the parking lot anymore. Just just text Ryan. <laughs> text me. I'll drop it off on the way home. Uh, so in addition, so, so some of the, going a little deeper on the volume, Amazon breaks their numbers into two numbers. Like Amazon sells direct to consumer. They buy the products and sell. And then there's third-party sellers. Like I'm a third-party seller on Amazon. The third-party sellers alone, if you put them as a country globally, they're the 37th largest GPD on the planet. Right above Malaysia, a little below Denmark. Just one company allowing non-Amazon people to sell on Amazon. Mm. I mean, just, you you can't ignore that if you're a brand. Um, I will say in Walmart, I think did 75 billion on their platform in, in 2021 to like just the sellers and the online okay. that, that number is a little murky. Cause I don't know how much of that is actually their pick bio and pick up outside a store mm. or their grocery stuff, which I don't necessarily include in marketplace. Not, and for yeah. that matter, we buy whole foods and have them deliver it. I don't know what part of that goes into Amazon's. That's true. I was, that's what I was thinking. That's the other retail they have is whole foods, right? So yeah. How much, which is Walmart does as well, but it's again, it's people buying on an app and Walmart or whole foods probably allowing a lot of people to do marketplace things eventually as well. I mean, they'll tie, I assume there's a plan to tie that in. Shopify is, is looking more and more like a, like a marketplace that they're going to start doing some fulfillment things. I don't know when that's going to come out, but be aware, pay attention to that, whether you're on Shopify or not. Etsy did, I think, three or four billion last year. So there's a lot of volume on platforms that are not a website. 
that are a way to compete against other people. And so just getting a small piece of that could be very valuable to your brand, which is, I think, how big commerce can see those numbers. Like if you add Amazon and Walmart to your brand, there's probably a lot of eyeballs that you can't get on your website. And that's how I uh, look at, like for Joyful Dirt, I have maybe six or seven SKUs at this point. Like if somebody's looking for a general fertilizer, I can't really compete. I can't really send it in my site and get a conversion rate that makes sense yet. I don't have right. the product depth that's necessary for somebody that doesn't really know what they want yet. Amazon, there's instant credibility there. If they're searching for a general product and I'm up there and I've got the reviews, my conversion rate is going to be pretty high on that just because there's a tr- there's a trust level on Amazon. They see the reviews. They know that I can return it off Amazon without even asking the question like I just didn't like it. Who cares? Send it back. I just don't have that credibility on my brand yet. So another brand is not as trustworthy yet as an Amazon. Probably will mm-hmm. never be as trustworthy as Amazon necessarily in the public yeah. eyes. But there's some big advantages on Amazon on finding new customers and introducing new people to your brand. You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers. Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, the digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you. There was a, a big story that broke this week about how there's a train coming from the port in LA and it goes to the Amazon warehouse, but there's a section of track about a mile long where it has to really slow down and stop. And people have been looting the train and go go Google this and the photos of the box, empty boxes along the train tracks because people open the, the doors to the train and just start rifling through the boxes and ripping them open and pull if they're like, Oh, that's not valuable. Throw it away. If it's, you know, if it's valuable then I'll take it. And it's really shocking to see that the, you know, you think about the volume that, that Amazon is doing. And I think the day-to-day consumer doesn't understand that, but as a retailer, you, you most likely have a more of an inside track. But I, so I saw that image and on, on the news and I was like, oh, I mean, that's a, that's a pittance for Amazon. That's why, cause my wife saw it at the same time. And she's like, why is Amazon letting them do this? And I was like, well, probably cost, honestly, it cost Amazon more to secure that train and have 24 hour patrols and do all this other stuff than it does to lose like, you know, a hundred grand in product every, you know, every week or whatever is happening on that train. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought it was really interesting. I was like, that, that's why they're, you know, maybe they'll do something about it now. I don't know. But since it became a news story. But yeah, I think that most people don't realize the volume. So that that's helpful to hear. What what's your biggest surprise last year? Where do you have <laughs> right you now? Think... It's like people just are robbing trains again. We just went back two hundred years. <laughs> like, really? What are we gonna have stagecoach robberies next? And steal Wells Fargo stagecoach? I love uh, how people are, are robbing trains from e-commerce purchases. That's yeah. that's the best uh-huh. part, right? It's yeah. like your e-commerce purchase traveled on one of the oldest methods possible just because we can't get volume and truck drivers and boats and all. Oh, oh yeah crazy so uh, lots of surprises last year and we've gone over a lot of those the funny thing for me and a, f- a funny surprise i guess was when i saw some of the data around search volume on amazon mm-hmm. the month of october the largest search term in all of amazon we're talking what is that 50 billion a month of search volume on amazon in sales 
the largest one in the month of October was Squid Game costume. Wow. <laughs> what? There, there, I mean, it, I will say I thoroughly enjoyed that show, like probably most people, but I don't know if I could be one of the faceless dudes <laughs> in, yeah. in that game, right? That, just, that no. doesn't seem like it suits me. I don't want to be on either side of that game, quite honestly. No, uh, there's no character. I'd be like, yeah, I really wish I was that guy yeah. or girl. But so, but that's just an indicator that you know Netflix owns that property. I don't think they had a, uh, an Amazon store or set up mm. where they were driving traffic to Amazon to try to sell stuff on Amazon. So that probably a missing in Netflix, Netflix process. Didn't even probably consider the potential that they had. If they thought that was going to be a, a knockout of the park story, maybe they have really good people do, but I doubt I doubt that was the case. Mm-hmm. And so you see kind of a viral thing, the potential of Amazon just to capture once something's popular, like where do they people go first? Like I would normally would go to Google first, but that's I'm in online marketing yeah. maybe, and like Amazon's not as good for product discovery yet. Uh, but there's another story like that which I didn't even have in my notes, but I just remembered there was a viral TikTok on leggings. This woman just went crazy about how great these leggings were on TikTok. Okay. And it went viral. I don't think it was a plan by the brand. Like for leggings, the, the largest search term on Amazon for a long time was TikTok leggings. Like <laughs> they just, they were looking for TikTok leggings, didn't know anything. And then they could find it that way by looking, mm-hmm. what are the TikTok leggings lady on Amazon? So if you were a competitor to that brand or you're a competitor to Squid Game or had some product that would draw people from that search, being present on Amazon and being aware of that search trend on their, that platform would allow you to capitalize uh, okay. very well. Like if you just trademarked like TT leggings or something and tried to bet on TikTok leggings, it'd probably be very successful. Interesting. That also, though, underscores my concern with and probably most people's concern with Amazon where Netflix had no control over what was being sold on Amazon and good luck playing whack-a-mole to get all those costumes off of Amazon because they weren't authorized by Netflix or the show or you know the movie anything of that sort right so mm-hmm. I guarantee you that all of those as you even said being sold almost all of them on Amazon were knockoffs to some degree they weren't yep. authorized to do that and use that IP so I find that interesting that that is kind of what most people are concerned about on Amazon. No. Oh, for sure. There's a reason Nike doesn't sell on Amazon mm. uh, because it's not as easy to protect your brand from, especially in the textiles or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, clothing space. Amazon is the largest manufacturer of clothing on the planet. And that's where a lot of brands, very public brands had concerns that said, Hey, if I sell a very high quality product and get a good design that I can't trademark. Mm-hmm. Well, Amazon can easily see it, but they could also do that as well if you sold it somewhere else and they just saw it. So yeah. there has to be some protection for your brand to sell to a degree on Amazon. And just in general, I would say, if you can't defend your brand from knockoffs, how strong is your brand? To a degree, yeah. I know there's exceptions, um, but there is some ways that you can protect your brand on Amazon. They actually have this trademark protection thing uh, where they'll give you a little sticker thing uh, that authenticates it and you put it on all of your product that you produce and mm. Amazon won't let any products that say they're you come into the Amazon system and get sold. So if okay. you're FBA, Amazon's fulfilling it, you send them all in. For some brands, that makes sense. I think for Nike, it was such a cost prohibitive thing. Like, no, we're not going to put a sticker on all of our millions and yeah. billions of products we sell. 
you just need to not let anybody sell it that's not us. And I've gone to Amazon mm-hmm. and had this conversation. Like I and I've told Amazon, I was like, I look at you as a retailer, not a marketplace. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to control my brand and make sure the retailers that are selling my product have map protection. I don't want any retailers selling below that. And I would be able to re- I should be able to request that of an app of a retailer, don't mm-hmm. sell below. Amazon's blanket statement was, sorry, our job is to get the customers the lowest price. And if somebody wants to sell it lower, uh, we're going to allow it. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, I don't want anybody that's not authorized to sell on Amazon to sell. Sorry, if they've got a legitimate product, they're going to be able to sell. To a degree, I get it because it's going to be hard to, to control that. And it's not necessarily Amazon's job to make sure that widget A doesn't get sold on their platform. There's yeah. a lot of liability that opens up for them if they say we can control that. Because there is third-party sellers that don't send through the actual Amazon fulfillment system. So they never right. see the product. And so brands have to do a better job of controlling it and having penalties if their products they're selling to some retailers get onto Amazon if they don't want it there. And so I've had to do some of that myself. So there are struggles. There are things you have to consider going on there. It doesn't make sense for every brand. But for brands that can get there, some of those crazy numbers are potentially there, I think, for a lot of yeah. these brands. Oh, that's good. What What do you think will be your biggest surprise this coming year or the year we're in, I guess, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, hopefully, if my if my soapbox gets heard enough that people are going to try to look at Amazon, Walmart, Target marketplaces a little bit differently and not as just the bad guy trying to hurt them. Yeah. There will be a lot of companies testing marketplaces. And I'm seeing that happen. Like big Commerce is a good partner of ours at LP. They've created an easy button to let all Big Commerce merchants test Walmart. And say, all right, you don't believe the numbers. You don't believe what we're seeing. Test it. We're going to help you get onto Walmart, which isn't the easiest thing. So there are some barriers mm-hmm. to entry there. There's some shelf space available because your competitors may not be able to get through the process as easy. But Big Commerce has a team at Walmart to approve merchants and get them on there. They're going to sync the orders back into your Big Commerce site. So you don't even have to add a fulfillment channel. It just goes through mm-hmm. your inventory, right into whatever you're using for fulfillment already, and it gets sent. It's the nice. super easy button. And I think that's going to become more common. I would expect Shopify to have one of those. I would expect... I was going to say, I'm shocked they don't already. They may already. I just haven't seen it yet. They're going to start doing API connections into Wish. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think it's going to happen that people are going to see through experience that it's okay, this isn't as scary as I thought it was. You know, I'm one of those. Like I've been working with Google for 13 years now. And Amazon was always presented to me as the scary bad option that you don't ever want to be working with Amazon. It's terrible... The, that Bezos guy. And I was like, and for a while, I was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Where our business with Google is so big and large, why would I even care? But on a personal note, I was like, I've got to just figure this platform out and see what it is. And so I did it, you know, with some prejudice built in, but mm-hmm. got out of the platform and realized, man, there's just some really good things here. You have to have a strategy, I think, to help protect yourself as a brand, which I think we've done to a degree on Joyful Dirt. But Every brand's going to have some struggles, some bumps and scrapes along the way as you figure out what this marketplace is going to look like for your brand yeah. and what are these what are these customers going to be like. Managing reviews can be a frustrating thing. It's very easy for competitors to put negative reviews on your product on Amazon. That's just a simple fact. And it's very difficult, if not impossible, to get them all taken down. Mm-hmm. So you get to play whack-a-mole. But better than that, I try to say, all right, overcome all the negative with good. You know, once you get a volume of reviews, it it becomes stupid for your competitors to try to throw negative reviews on because there's so many good things on there. I think there'll be a lot of testing this year. Okay. So what, what about up and coming platforms? What should people be thinking about for what's next? Um, I think Etsy for brands will probably be something that happens. Etsy has been focused a lot on the uh, small, you know, micro 
manufacturer producer, you know, kind of mm-hmm. crafts and putting it out there. Like an online bazaar has been their kind of uh, what they've been viewed as. I think they're going to take some pretty decent steps into becoming a legitimate marketplace player where brands will start to create Etsy specific products. I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but you would, you know, maybe someday you see a Nike Etsy shoe or something that you can only get on Etsy. And I think Target's going to expand. So right now, I don't know how many millions of sellers Amazon has, but it's millions. Yeah. Uh, Walmart is very busy expanding that aggressively, bringing on. I mean, there's a lot of Chinese manufacturers going direct to Walmart. Uh, some of their products, avoiding some of the. Yeah, I think the headphone case is the biggest one. Like you can get a headphone brand started up for like zero dollar cost <laughs> and start selling headphones on Amazon. Uh, Target is being much more controlled, trying to position themselves as kind of the high end boutique marketplace. Maybe okay. is a good way to explain it. Uh, I think Target only has four hundred and between four hundred and four hundred fifty sellers on their marketplace. Really? So they have all of their merchandise. What they're trying to do is control and make sure that they have quality sellers coming on. Not just, hey, all the volume. I think Target trusts mm-hmm. their customers to stay pretty loyal to Target and to continue shopping Target with or without the marketplace. And the marketplace is just kind of an add-on to that for Target at this point, where it's like, hey, yeah, you can buy this stuff at Target. And hey, we also have these sellers here that can help you. That's interesting you say Target. I, I've heard a lot in the DTC world lately around Target that they're doing things like having in the cosmetics aisle, they're have putting a center kind of station in between and widening the aisles and that center station is all like new and up and coming brands that are that are higher end that I could see like you know your your high end dental floss you've been talking about right yep. those type of brands would sell really well at at a target because the let's be honest the shopper at, at target is is generally not looking for the bargain price that they're going to find at Walmart. That's what Walmart's mm-hmm. known for. They're not known for stocking that niche product that you sell on TikTok, right? Yep. But Target, they very well may. You know, they see that something has gotten big. Uh, everybody's into high-end, you know, floss. And then, you know, they're going to put up a display. So I think that definitely makes sense. I mean, I was... When you said they only have 400 and some sellers, I was like, wow, that seems like nothing. But yeah, if you're highly curating it, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, our Target store in Sherwood has gone through massive construction, continues to, and they've talked, I think it's, I want to say it's Ulta, maybe it's, I don't think it's mm-hmm. Sephora, but there's a big retailer that Target historically has competed with, I'm sure, in the beauty space. And they're yep. letting them put a store inside of Target. Mm-hmm. And they've the lights are brighter, like in the beauty space there. it's Target is really doubling down on, I mean, it appears, at least where we live, like the suburban mm-hmm. makeup buyer. Like saying, yeah. if we can draw you in for makeup, we know you're going to start buying other things around our store. And mm-hmm. you're not just going to stop at the beauty space. And I think it's almost where you see the Walmart buyer kind of trying to step into an aspirational. Target's trying to say, hey, step up into, yeah. into Target. For these things and, you know, go back to Walmart for these things and try to have stepping stones would be my hypothesis. But, you know, at, from a marketplace perspective, if you can get a lot more volume with the same amount of effort because there's less competition in Target, for sure, I'd want to be mm-hmm. in that marketplace. Um, yeah. Much le- much more difficult application process. And I think if I play this out on how logically it makes sense to me, I think the Walmarts and the Targets are going to use their marketplace as their testing grounds. Okay. In the past, you would have to get into Walmart, say, yeah, we do like your product. We've seen your presentation. Let's negotiate all these pricing. Let's do this. Let's get you these three or four test stores to see how you mm-hmm. sell on the shelf next to these other things. 
Do you need an end cap? Do you need these things? Like there's a lot that goes into selling in retail stores for a lot of risk for both the seller and for Walmart. Like they're choosing to give up real estate that may have been better spent elsewhere so they could take a hit to revenue. So they can have a brand proven on the marketplace and wow, you are selling really good on the shelf space next to your competitors. Let's bring you into store and start getting a lot more money out of you. Yeah. So much easier to get into, I'm guessing, I don't know this yet, but I'm guessing it's going to be a lot easier to get into Walmart and Target if you can succeed on their marketplace. Yeah. Uh, I mean, why not, right? If you prove it out, then uh, then move into the shelf. They're they're definitely going to want to do that. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Ryan, thank you for educating me as usual. And I think this turned out pretty good for me not doing any prep. Hopefully. I think so too. Hey, we should <laughs> yeah. not prep more. You, you brought you brought more. the brought the fire. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Any last parting words on this topic before we move on? No, I would just make sure I'm gonna reiterate, don't be scared. Just test. It's mm. not gonna be hard. It's not gonna ruin your brand to test a marketplace. All right. There you go. Spoken from someone who's in the marketplace. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. To keep up to date with new episodes, you can subscribe at driveandconvert.com.